What's going on, travelers? Thanks for tuning in to the 33rd episode of The Resonance, a weekly Genshin Impact podcast. I'm your host, Dalton. With me is Pharaoh. Yo, 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 what's up? What's going on? How was your week? Uh, good week. Just packed full of stuff. So I had, you know, just everyday life stuff. And then I also had game-wise just so much stuff I had to do. So got to play some Genshin. I crushed God of War as mm-hmm. fast as I possibly could. Um, amazing game, BT Dubs. Uh, beat it in three days. It's probably still slow compared to tons of people, but for me that was fast. Um, I would expect big God of War nuts to like beat that all in like one sitting. Exactly. It was a. It was like I felt like I was really, like doing nothing extra. So I don't know how much faster you could be, but it it was definitely a long campaign. It was like, I would say about twenty six hours or so. Dang. So it was a lot. You really I did played, hammer that. I out. played the heck out of that thing, man. Um, but yeah, incredibly good game. Definitely nice. highly recommend. Um. But yeah, so did that. Also been playing some Nikkei, of course. Um, very good game. Yeah, I know you haven't played it again, but you should <laughs> still go back to it. I'm just going to keep saying it. I got a list now. Mm-hmm. Um, new games on the horizon coming. And also, uh, I don't know if you saw this. Are you a Harry Potter fan? Huge Harry Potter fan. Bro. Did you see the new uh, Harry Potter um, gameplay that came out? Who was it by? Was it like with an interview? No, it was, uh, I think, I don't know which company published it. Um, but no, it wasn't with an, actually, uh, it was with an interview, actually. There was a, yeah, someone talking about the development as, as you played through. So yeah, yeah it was the like guy who was playing the long. character was black. Um, the video I saw, you could only see the game. You couldn't, there was a voiceover. Oh, so. this is different then, because I watched a, I watched an interview where there was a uh, black guy and he was playing and he was creating a character, mm-hmm. and he was like a really huge like fan, mm-hmm. and he sat down with like a, like a news outlet I want to say, mm-hmm. and he sat down with two of the game developers or they did something with with developing the game. Um, I think one of them was like head of like character customization, the other one was like gameplay. Mm-hmm. Um, and you saw like way more character customization options. Um, you saw a lot more actual physical gameplay. You could probably look it up on YouTube, but, uh, you must be talking about something completely different because this would like go in between gameplay and then like their discussion, like live. Yeah. This one just dropped like a few days ago. I'm trying to find it again, but it was um it was like very like professionally done in a studio because it was like you know quiet it was more like a i guess it was less of an interview and more of just a guy going through the game talking to you about what the new features are and everything like that giving real in-depth explanation so um no yeah i'm stoked for legacy a self-driven interview i suppose but yeah it it looks so good so I'm super pumped for that. Um, and they delayed it too. Like they, yeah, it, I can't believe they delayed it with it looking that good already. Yeah, I know. But you know what? I'm okay with, I've always said this about games. Like everybody does what they just delay it and make it the best you can. Yeah. Well, it's like, I mean, I don't a hundred percent think that, but I'm, I'm close to it. My thing is 
if you delay a game, make sure that in the end product, I can say it was worth the delay, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But if you're just endlessly delaying a game, because there's tons of I games. I mean, that that's a little out. absurd. Like, obviously, I wouldn't, like, think that. But, yeah, I get what you're saying. I mean, there's there's so many. Like, a, a good example of this uh, is, um, whatchamacallit, uh, boy, how do I not remember the name of this game? Well, um, until you, until you remember. Th- Cyberpunk. Oh, yeah. They Don't delayed that thing started. a thousand times, and that was the worst game ever. Yeah, they were out. pressured. The studio was pressured, definitely. But that's the thing. It's just like you delayed it a bazillion times, and then yeah. my expectations well, were really high. When you have high. no control over that because you have so many investors, it's not your decision to make. But at the same time, like you're, yeah, I get the it. reason why it failed. Yeah, is because yeah, I get it. Expectations were set. Yeah, the um, I will say one. It's kind of like flopped where mm-hmm. it was delayed. Well, I guess. It was a very well put together game, but I didn't think it was worth the delay that it received. Mm-hmm. But I just had a friend who was like hard bashing uh, Scarlet Violet to me mm-hmm. yesterday night, and um, their point was they should have definitely delayed Scarlet Violet, which I agree with. But yeah. they said like even Final Fantasy fifteen apparently was delayed for like ten years mm-hmm. or something like that, and they said that, and I was just like. I mean, I get it. Like, Scarlet and Violet definitely should not have been released when they were, or, like, released in the condition that they're in right now. But mm-hmm. 10 years, and that's what we got out of Final Fantasy 15. I'm like... Exactly, yeah. It's not that great, honestly. Yeah, that's the thing. Just some games are endlessly pushed back, and then you see, like, just tons of garbage with them um, whenever yeah. they release still, and that's, that doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. I have been replaying a little bit of horizon Mm, not replaying but i've been going back and playing the game again because i never really played it all that much like you never finished it or right yeah i never i honestly i kind of like only dipped my toe in Mm. but i was having a lot of fun i think i got really overwhelmed with all the different like attack this part of the machine attack this part of the machine Mm, all these different weapons so i got a little overwhelmed but i dove back into it because i'm caught up with genshin i was waiting for scarlet violet so I'm still having fun with that, but again. Are you playing it on PC or PlayStation? PS5, yeah. Okay. So yeah, I got the you, bundle, so. Have, have you played God of War yet? No, I probably won't, maybe. What? Like, I'm a very slow, yeah. So here's the thing. I'm a very slow player of, like, RPGs. Mm-hmm. To the point where, like, I will be on an RPG and then a new one will come out and I'll be like, oh, I want to get that. And then I'll get it and then I won't finish it because I'm a really slow player. I want to get that. So and then I go and get that. And it's just like a repeating process. Right. But, but I'm, as far as, like, because that's one thing, like, Horizon has a little bit more complexity whenever it comes to uh, combat. But God of War is equally as good narratively and graphically, if not better, in my opinion, on both its, you know, one one to one and then it's two to two but um it's a much less overwhelming game so like i'm just saying if you want to try to go through a an incredibly good rpg like i'd have to play the first one yeah yeah you would have to play the first one i'm sorry i thought you were playing uh horizon are you playing forbidden west or Oh yeah, I skipped Zero Dawn. You don't need to play Zero Dawn. No, People no, no. Say, you oh, don't. you need to do it, but I don't think it's no. worth it because 
you get a whole like backstory drop of what happened that pretty much sums it up. Yeah, I you you definitely don't. Um, and well, it's definitely better if you play God of War one. But yeah, you definitely don't need to play um, Horizon Zero Dawn. No, and the mechanics are the same between both games, so it's yeah. like you're it's like you're playing the same game twice. And I am not down with that. My time is too precious. I mean, the narrative is is where it's at, though. Like that's that's the main thing. But you, I mean, I'd get sick of playing like Forbidden West. I think a lot faster if I played Zero Dawn and then went to Forbidden West with not that many like changes. What's your main drive for these games? Is it is it like combat or an exploration or is it narrative? Um. By the way, this is a Genshin Impact podcast, people. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we actually don't have time to talk yeah, about we, that. Yeah, we, we definitely do not. We're nine minutes in and we haven't even mentioned Genshin. My yet. short my short form answer is mm-hmm. it varies from game to game. Some games I just go into and I just want to get lost and experience something different. Other games like Genshin, I'm very invested in the story. So, Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, anyway, yes, this is a Genshin Impact podcast. <laughs> you can, you can cut, I don't know if you're going to cut that out or not, but you can cut that if you feel like it. No, it belongs here now. It lives there you here. Go. We have a review reading. Uh, I'm going to go into this first. Mm-hmm. We have just two news articles to go over. Um, and then after the break, we're going to cover the new Archon Quest. Um, so this is your spoiler warning for the later half of the show. Um, but we are going to cover the beginning of the newest Archon Quest with 3.2. And it'll go up until... Right after your encounter with Tainari. So I don't think that really spoils all that much. Um, I, th- I feel like that's, you know, pretty fair to say without spoiling mm-hmm. all that, all that much information. But um, yeah, I'll give you kind of an idea on where you need to be to not be spoiled with the second half of this episode. So yeah. And then I'll give you guys another spoiler warning right before we're about to talk about it. That way you guys have enough time to pause. Um, but yeah, let's get into it. You ready? Mm-hmm. I'm ready. Alrighty, we have we had two review readings, but I'm gonna limit it down to one. The title of this review is "Love Your Podcast," and I'm uh, supposed to read this in Xiao's voice. By the way, ayo, a little bit better than uh, much easier. Yeah, than uh, Diona and uh, who who did you do? No. Uh, Venti. Venti, that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I know. Like Xiao has like a not a whisper, but like it's very breathy. Yeah, it is. Anyway. All right. Here you go. I'm sorry in advance. Let's hear it. It has nice info and coverage of quests that let me relive my favorite cutscenes and quests. Please read that in Xiao's voice. Hey, you know what? That actually wasn't bad. Thanks. That was, like, I, I, you could tell it wasn't him, but you could, you, it was the same style. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. yeah Everything yeah, yeah. is, like, drawn out more, like, useless. Yeah. It, that was perfect, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> worthless <Yeah. laughs> conquering demons is what i do yeah that's his that's his try hardy edgelord voice yeah am i hired yet <laughs> that was good. um that was from that one weeb girl 1009 from canada thank you hey, canada, canada for the review uh if you guys would like to leave us a five-star review we greatly appreciate it helps the show a bunch uh, you can let us know what character's voice you want us to read the review in. We can do that. Um, you're going to have a shot at Xiao, by the way. We have another one that someone requested Xiao. Another Xiao, okay. Yep. 
So um, maybe he's getting a rerun or something. I hope not. <laughs> That's true. He's, he's not who I want to see in a rerun. But if you guys would like to do that, like I said, helps us out a lot. And uh, you get a little gift from us to you. There you go. Of bad voiceover. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. Before we get into the news, Twitter, at HoyoCast, Instagram, at HoyoCast. I, I say this every episode. Basically, I post clips, memes, all that kind of stuff uh, revolving around the show and Genshin. Uh, and if you want to join our lovely community, uh, we're knee-deep in Scarlet Violet stuff right now. Uh, but we're also talking about Genshin still. Uh, Discord.me forward slash The Residence, if you guys are interested in that. We have server events that we hold pretty much like maybe like once or twice a month. So those are fun. Um, so yeah, you guys can join that if you'd like. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. On to the news. Let's cover the 3.2 events for phase two. Right now we are in phase two. I think I just launched two days ago as of this recording. So that would have been Thursday, I think. Yeah. Let's go over the banners. So right now we have Yaimiko who this is her second rerun, I think, or her first mm-hmm. rerun. Uh, yeah. I think this is her, s- no, this is her first rerun. Run. Yeah. yeah, second banner, I meant. Yeah. She is in a banner alongside Layla, who was our new four-star cryo character, Toma, our Giga Chad Toma, <laughs> and Hazo. Very decent lineup, honestly. Um, kind of... I kind of really want to pull on this banner a little bit more so I can get some more Hazo cons. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I'm never going to use him. So that's true. Yeah. That's the thing. But he's so cool. He is, he is very cool. Like, I like him because he's a little bit different. So, uh, and then we also have Tartaglia or a child. Same four star characters. Um, these will go until the 6th of December and they will end at, Right before 1500 server time. I see a lot of people pulling for Yaimiko, not so much Child. Yeah. It's kind of expected, though. Uh, yeah, I'm 0% surprised by that. Yeah. Uh, Epitome Invocation, which is our weapon banner. We have Kagura's Verity, which is Yaimiko's signature five-star catalyst. And then we have Polar Star, arguably Child's best-in-slot five-star weapon. Uh, alongside Favonius Sword, the Bell, I believe that is the, f- is that Stringless? Oh no, I'm sorry. Yeah, Stringless, Dragon's Bane Polearm, and the Favonius Codex Catalyst. Uh, so if you guys are interested in the weapons, those are your weapons for this Phase 2 portion of the banner. And now we move on to actual in-game events. Right now we are currently experiencing the Outside the Canvas, Inside the Lens Greenery Chapter. This is running from, currently running, and it'll end on the 5th of December. So it'll pretty much span the whole Phase 2 portion of 3.2. During the event, take photos at the designated location according to photography targets and photo taking range to obtain rewards such as Prima Gems, Heroes Wet, and Mora, uh, as well as other rewards that they did not list. To be eligible, you do need to be adventuring 30 or above, and you need to complete the Archon Quest Reto Escape Plan and World Quest Snapshots, which unlocks the camera. So you will need that to complete the, or to take part in the event. Um, You do need to complete a couple of other uh, story quests that would be Yoimiya's and Tartaglia's story quests to uh, have a better experience, they say. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but you do not have to do those if you do not want to. You can enter the event through a quick start function in the event page. You like this event? Yeah, I mean, it, it's not bad. I haven't done much of it because, um, you know, other busy with, with the other games. But, um, yeah, I, I do like it. It's just, it, I'm glad it's something different, but the photography stuff has never been my thing in this game, you know? Okay. Yeah. I enjoy it. Um, I like the angles that they give you because we have they give us three preset angles at each photo taking mm-hmm. location, so those are cool. Um, they make the like finding a good angle a lot better. Um, I'm more inclined to save screenshots from this event than I was during the last event that they had this with because before yeah. you just had to pick an angle and some of them just aren't good or. I felt like I was just doing the event for the Prima Gems, and now I was just like, oh, that is actually a good screenshot because I have a good angle, and then I save it. So, Right. Overall, I like it. We have the Hypostatic Symphony Dissonant Verse. Win Prima Gems on first clear of standard scoring. This event will run from the 24th of this month, November, and will run till the 5th of December. Uh, During this event, we will challenge the Hypostasis's and complete specific stages to obtain rewards such as Prima Gems, Hero's Wit, Talent, Level Up Materials, and Character Ascension Materials. Uh, To be eligible for this event, you do need to be adventuring 20 or above. There are no other prerequisites. Um, Basically, you're just fighting all of the different uh, elemental cubes. Yeah, this is very much a do-it-for-the-primos event. Yeah, I I would think that you'd probably get increased, like character ascension materials though like the shards from these guys probably maybe yeah um but we'll see uh we have the marvelous merchandise open boxes of marbles and get prima gems i think i said marbles i meant marvels marvels yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) um this event will run from the 28th i believe that is that's not thanksgiving i don't know why i thought thanksgiving was the 28th Nope. the 28th and then it'll run till the 5th during the event, give Liban the materials he requires to open boxes of marvels and obtain Prima Gems and more. After submitting ma- submitting materials five times, a Mega Box of Marvels will be unlocked, which provides additional rewards that include Prima Gems, Hero's Wit, Mystic Enhancement Ore, and Mora. Uh, mm-hmm. You do need to be Adventure Rank 12 or above to participate in this event. Um, they don't mention it here, but as a reminder... If you get a specific box from Liban that day you and you don't like it, you don't need to claim it. You can go to another Traveler's World and see if they have a different box that you would like to claim if you need something better or there's something that you need more than the materials that you would get in your box, in your world. So there is that. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming they would carry that over after doing this like four times. but Yeah, exactly. They didn't mention it, so... Um, other than that, we didn't get a ley line overflow like we usually do at the uh, end of the update. You must be really upset. Yeah. Those guys really annoyed me with that. Oh, no. <laughs> ley line overflow. <laughs> yeah. It's All okay. Right. Um, we have a new, and then the other piece of news is we have a new collected miscellany, Layla Sweet Slumber in the Sea of Stars. I believe this is voiced by Dainsleaf, like all the other ones. So mm-hmm. um, you can check that out. He gives you a little bit of uh, interesting 
back lore and story stuff that he knows about Layla. So mm-hmm. guys can check that out if you are interested in that. I need to go back and watch these. I haven't watched most of them, and I know you get a lot of like lore tidbits from Danesleaf because he actually like knows of these people. Yeah. One other piece of news that I do want, I'm going to have to splice in because I forgot all about it. If you guys go to thegameawards.com, you can vote for Genshin Impact in two categories. One of them is, I think, Best Mobile Game, which they got last year. Um, And they are also going for Best Ongoing Game. Um, Those are the two categories. You can vote for Genshin Impact. There are a lot of good nominations for those, um, but... Just as a reminder, I'm pretty sure we got like a free 10 pool between like a, a couple days when they got when they won the game awards there as well. So um, you guys can vote for them as well. Pharaoh also mentioned, uh, you kind of reminded me when you talked about Chronicles of Runeterra, um, Arcane is also a nominee for Best Adaptation, which I think is very well worth it, honestly. And out of all of the other shows, Arcane takes the cake. All right, um, that's it for the news, really. Not a whole lot of big stuff. So let's take yeah. a break. This is your last spoiler warning uh, because we are going to be diving into uh, the Kalpa Flame Rises part of the Archon Quest. I believe it's Chapter 4. Mm-hmm. Um, or no, Chapter 5. Chapter 5. So we'll go into that when we come back from our break. back from our break now i lost a portion of my notes but i'm pretty sure i can handle the first little bit that i lost mm-hmm. uh from memory so we go to aru village and we meet with i believe it's candace and when we meet with candace um she doesn't really say much honestly she pretty much kind of um really what's the word i'm looking for not like exemplifies but like candace is like very worried about us staying safe honestly everybody being yeah, safe during during the trip yeah or the adventure yeah so she basically is just like making sure that we know to be careful yeah and then we go and meet with alhaitham mm-hmm. and when we go to meet with Al Haytham, he is with the two researchers that we arrested, quote unquote, with Rahman in the previous Archon quest because Al Haytham has them uh, helping him basically with his portion of the new Archon quest. So basically, right. Al Haytham's putting them to work. And it's cool. What else uh, is new? Yeah. <laughs> he is having them work on the headpiece that we found that you could pretty much like say is extracting the uh, knowledge into knowledge capsules. And now Hytham has us put it on 
And when he does, mm-hmm. he tells us to imagine that we just saved Sumeru, uh, Nahida is free, and the people are cheering for us, and that we're the hero, and everything's great. And so we do, and he puts that in a knowledge capsule. And that kind of becomes more important down the road, because when I saw that part, I was just like, that was really weird. Why the hell would we need that? But yeah, it does become extremely important down the road. And before I dive even further, this plan is, like, really elaborate, and I really liked it. Yeah, I agree. I thought it was um, a nice little change of pace where I feel like a lot of times we go in kind of haphazard. This thing felt much more like Ocean's Eleven scenario. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, So then after that, Alhaitham says, all right, I got to have these guys do some smaller projects for me. Um, you should go meet with Sino. So we do, we do go and meet with Sino. And when we do, I believe we go to, what's that area called? It's like the first town, like right before the desert. But we go there and mm-hmm. Sino is in a disagreement with Rahman because Sino basically thinks that our plan is too risky. Yeah. Um, and eventually, you know, Rahman kind of convinces Sino that, you know, it's going to work. Um, basically, their plan is to uh, have Sino fake arrest Rahman and the Aramites to allow them into the academia as quote unquote prisoners because we're faking it. And so we start to sow these seeds right away. We go over, we talk to some guards. Uh, Sino tells them, hey, listen, we need to arrest these. We bring it to their attention. Uh, these Aramites, we need to arrest them. When the when the guards hear this, they say, oh, we need a superior. So they go to grab a superior. And when they do, we get a flashback because Paimon is like kind of worried that Sino's being tracked and we can't trust these guards because they could know exactly why Sino's here. Um, and dude, Alhaitham is like big brain because he basically squashes all that in the flashback because uh, Alhaitham's claim is that since Sino was working alone most of his time, that's mm-hmm. all the Akasha basically knows. Yeah. And since the Akasha is tracking Sino, it's not going to be able to calculate Sino's exact movements now that he's not working alone. Like now there's basically external variables that are affecting Sino's decisions. Yeah. Um, and that's pretty much the gist of it. Yeah, I would definitely say Alhaitham is like number one big brain thousand IQ play guy for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You f- you finished it by the way, right? Yep, I'll okay, finish cool. you. By the way, I had to complete like three other quests in the process of completing it, but yeah. Oh right, right, yeah, yeah, to, jumping to around get things to... unblocked. Yeah, so it was really bad narratively because it was constantly breaking up and going into different stories. But yeah. <laughs> did end up just gotta it. get it done on release that's it yeah yeah it definitely taught me not to be lazy with you know new character stories <laughs> so we do we convince them to take them to the academia we beat the crap out of Rahman and his men we are very convincing yeah Sino follows them back to the academia Sino also tells us to go meet with Dea so we do and basically our goal with Dea is to make sure that the doctor doesn't interfere with our plans. And to do this, she wants to meet with Tainari, mm-hmm. who the academia still trusts Tainari. They're still trying to actively Recruiter. get a hold of him. Yeah. Or recruit him. Is that what you said? 
Yeah, recruit him. Yeah. So we go to Party's DI, where we last left Tainari. He was with Hapasia. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we get there, Tainari actually tells us that the doctor was just there not that long ago, and he just left. Mm-hmm. And we get a flashback showing us that he was there to collect Hapasia herself uh, and take her to Shneznaya to, quote-unquote, help her recover. Mm-hmm. Tainari, in the flashback, basically just shuts this down completely, saying that, you know, Hapasia isn't in a state where she needs to be transferred to another facility. Um, they're basically having a battle of brains. Yeah. And the funny thing about Dottore, I think, and I love this about his character, is that he doesn't really push too much about, like, what he wants, mm-hmm. but he definitely talks down to Tanari like, multiple times through the flashbacks. Like, he even says that, like, eventually you'll have to pay for what you've learned. Mm-hmm. Um stuff like that so well it's i always found it interesting with him because i feel like in almost all cases Tatore could probably fight and take easily whoever he wants right um like i don't like tanari versus Tatore is a joke right like Tatore would cry yeah yeah, I but think like, Tori is just very he, tactical. Well, that's the thing. I think. Well, I think he operates off of these weird set of rules. You know, like I think like everything is kind of a game for him to the point where he will abide by these. Like, like right here is he was abiding by a code of ethics, right? Like a mm-hmm. medical code of ethics, and he stuck by it. I mean, he tried to outwit his way into getting her, but he kind of folded up whenever you know. Tainari was, if if I'm remembering this correctly, granted, this was a while ago whenever I played this part, but he, he kind of, yeah, folded his hand whenever um, Tainari was, like, whipped out the business and was like, no, this wouldn't make sense to do this because of this, you know what I mean? And he kind of was like, alright, you know, he, of course, we know he's, like, gonna get it done another way, but he was willing to walk away that day, you know? Yeah. So, I thought that was interesting. I, I kind of like the way he operates. Yeah, he you I think you hit the nail right on the head. He really does. He's very smart about what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he he doesn't want to look inherently like like villainous yeah. even though he clearly is villainous. Right. But he does this borderline thing where he does shady things but not there's nothing there's nothing concrete enough to like stop him. Yeah, like you can't pin him on much. You know what exactly. I mean? Yeah. Right. But he definitely is like a thin or yeah, I would say very thinly veiled like plan brewing behind the behind his uh words that both parties are kind of aware of actively yeah. while it's happening. Cuz you you knew like Tanari was totally knew that this was not the end of this conversation even after he left. So, right. yeah. But yeah, before Dottore leaves, he does say he has enough time to finish everything before he goes. Mm-hmm. It's up to us to basically figure out, or at least wait to figure out what that is. And we do figure out what that is exactly. But after that, we tell Tainari that, you know, Sino sent us. And Tainari gives us another look into how he thinks he's the reason why Sino is even involved with all of this. Why right. he had to leave the academia. Why he had to give up being the General Mahamatra. So the third flashback gives us insight to a conversation between the two of them, Tainari and Sino, 
where Tainari has been getting letters from his master um, that were pretty consistent in their writing, which I think is, it was a nice touch, but kind of weird as well. Yeah. But um, Tainari's master, whenever he would write him a letter, would have uh, a certain number of dots to note how the weather was that day. And I'm thinking to myself, is his master not in Sumeru? Yeah. He is, right? Yeah, they are. Okay, so, like, and I guess everybody might throw, oh, the scale of the world isn't exact in the game, whatever. But, like, can Tainari not just look out his window and see, like, what the weather's like? Yeah, I mean, that is true. But I I think that it's, and, like, this is also weird, right? I don't think any way you cut this, this is a normal thing. But it might be, like, a thing that he does as a code. You know what I mean? So, like, it it isn't necessarily about actually relaying to the person what the weather's like. It's kind of like, if this wouldn't be there, it would be weird. Like, you'd know something's up. Right. Well, and that's exactly what happens. But, right, his master sent him a letter, and it didn't have any dots on it, or normally there would be, to basically signify how the weather was that day when he was writing the note. And... Tainari asks him to look into this. Sino agrees. And Sino does tell Tainari that if the situation is dire, then he will not return to the academia. So Tainari really was like the first person to notice something weird was going on within the academia. Yeah, even a broken clock is right twice a day. So Wow. <laughs> wow. So yeah, and then Sino, so basically we got the reason why Sino has left the academia. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's it's pretty cool. I really liked it. As weird as the whole dot situation was, like, it's a little weird, but whatever. It, it was forced, for sure. It was a plot device, like, heavy-handed plot device, I'd say. After we talked to Tanari and after that second flashback, uh, we do leave to ensure Dottore is actually leaving mm-hmm. with Dea. So we go to Port Ormos is kind of where we uh, find them. And there are a bunch of Fatui soldiers around the docks trying to see the doctor off. And we do like a game of the, we do like the sneak mechanic to kind of uh, hide in waiting. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dottori spots us from the boat and he waves to us. And when he does, he says, time to say goodbye. Mm-hmm. And when he does, all of the soldiers basically disappear and the boat sails off into the distance. This was kind of crazy. Like, if anything tells you about how dangerous he is, it's this. Yeah. Like, there's nothing more creepy than, or villainous or dangerous, like, signifying than someone who can do that but then does nothing to you. Because he doesn't actually do anything to, like, the Traveler or Paimon or Dea. Right. But he does something kind of wild, and it leaves you like, whoa, that's, like, really weird. Yeah, I mean, I remember whenever this part happened, I was just like, it was like, I I feel like this is not right. Like, obviously, something else is going to happen. But I I was thinking, I was like, but why did they choose this? And obviously, that gets cleared up later, but... um, yeah, like at, at in the moment, I was like, "This is weird." Like, no matter what way you cut it, it's odd. But yeah, it was so an interesting move. 
two things. Uh, I know you said that this kind of gets cleared up, but when I saw this happen, I knew exactly that this was that thing. I did not go there. That was not in my mind at all, actually. Okay. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, was was this the moment where I know we kind of were talking on the side about, you know, mm-hmm. how we thought Dottore was going to, how like involved he was going to be in this Archon quest. Was this the point where you thought that he was not going to be any further? No, I knew that he was going to be more involved, but I just didn't know why. Like, I kind of thought I was like, okay, he's he's going to come back. Like, he's going to, like, you know, bring the boat to another dock or something like that. Just And I was just like, right, somehow this whole get thing. Back. Right, I was just like, okay, this whole thing was just a little silly and extra because he could have done many other things. Right, he didn't have to go this far on our behalf, I feel like. But, mm-hmm. yeah, later on, it things make sense. So, yeah. yeah. When he disappears, Dea finally realizes that it was a trap, and we rush back over to Party's DI because we think that the Fatui are going back for Hypasia. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when we get there, Tainari is arguing with the Fatui. We fight them off. We defeat them. Tainari orders us to go check on Hypasia. Um, when we get there and we touch her to check and see if she's okay, we are automatically connected with the consciousness of the Balladeer. Mm-hmm. Um, when we do, Scaramouche is, you kind of see like a, like a quote unquote, like ghost figure, but it's really just there to signify that he's talking to us in our consciousness. Yeah. Um, Scaramouche talks mostly about how his deity transformation is almost complete. Um, and he's talking to us like this because he's in a good mood, which is, yeah. like, really weird. Yeah. We kind of touched on this a little bit. But he also mentions that Hypasia is his first loyal follower and that he will protect her. Um, and in an effort to get the Balladeer to basically turn and destroy the Doctor, we, as a traveler, tell him that he wants the Doctor wants Hypasia and basically wants to harm her. Uh, he doesn't fall for this, though. He uh, instead gives the Traveler a gift in the form of lightning chaos in the area um, via the power of his his now electronosis. So mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty clever of the Traveler, though, honestly, to yeah, try to get him move. to turn. Yeah, I thought it was very smart. But yeah, definitely, Skarmouche is no dummy. So yeah. So we go outside in the midst of all the lightning coming down in the form. Like, it's literally purple lightning everywhere. It's striking the area. Um, we go outside to check on Tainari and Dea. Uh, Tainari was struck by lightning, so he is injured, and the lightning tore the Fatui up. So was Scaramouche's quote-unquote gift him getting rid of the Fatui, basically? Yeah. Okay, that's what I kind of figured. After that, we kind of help Tainari back over to where Hapasia's is. Uh, Hapasia is to talk. Um, Dea points out that the Balladeer doesn't like the Doctor, obviously, and that the Fatui may be trying to cover up something about his past, which we kind of already know a little bit about his past, but not too much, mm-hmm. um, just from the previous cutscenes and stuff that we got from the more recent Archon quests. But other than that, we are leaving Tainari to take care of Hypasia. We are going to the Grand Bazaar to meet up with the group, and when we do, we meet up with... Um, well, Hytham, Sino, Dea, um, and everybody basically uh, recounts their missions. And at the end of everybody recounting their missions, Nilo shows up and Al Hytham invites her to help out with the mission to rescue Lesser Lord Kusanali. And then everyone leaves to get some sleep before the day of the mission. Yep. The big mission. 
And I feel like that's a pretty good place to uh, stop for now. Yeah. And then, you know, next week we'll Continue cover on. the... Yep. Overall, I think this Archon Quest was really good so far. You know, I, th- I think the whole helping everybody out with the first portion of their plans was a little drawn out, but it was okay. I most significantly enjoyed the whole Tainari and Dottore bout that they had. Yeah, I did too. I think that that was my favorite part of this section, at least, even though it involved someone I don't like. But uh, I did enjoy blah, the part. Blah, blah, blah. He did get struck by lightning and stuff, so that was fun. Um, wow. But but yeah, no. It, it was honestly, uh, you know, this part, I would say this whole part of the Archon quests was definitely my... By the way, I don't mean just this half. I mean, like, the whole this whole part of the Archon Quest is definitely the best part of the Archon Quest so far. Um, There was that really cool scene earlier with Hypatia in the previous Archon Quest that I liked a lot as well. But other than that, yeah, like this is just all build up and it's, it does a really good job of it. I think I couldn't agree more. I will say though, second Mm -hmm. half blows it all out of the water. Yeah. I'm, I'm including that, that is, it's amazing for sure destroys it although there was some things whenever we go over it like it'll be interesting because there was some things that i thought were a little like unnecessarily drawn out i guess we'll have to talk about it okay yeah i'm interested to see what you say because i didn't really feel like that but we'll see i think when i bring up the part yeah i think you'll probably agree a little bit yeah, I probably just don't remember. Honestly, it has been a it's while. It's been a bit, yeah. All right, let's head into question of the week. We are not going to do wish of the week. Pharaoh and I have no primo gems. <laughs> um, I will recount for our regular um, podcast listeners that are not patrons because uh, they don't know. Mm-hmm. But I did get my C2 Nahida. Uh, I finally cleared. I had a lot of – actually, no, I didn't talk about this in my weekly like recap at Taking the start of the episode. Taking headphones now. Okay. I'm not going to listen to this. For anybody who wants to know, this week was a good week for being Genshin. I ran out of primos, started scrambling for them, cleared the first three floors of the abyss, like 9, 10, 11, and then for the very first time, I finally cleared floor 12 uh, with all nine stars. I was very proud of myself. And with those prima gems from the reset of the spiral abyss, I pulled my C2 Nahida. So I won three fifty fifties with Nahida. And I think that was at eighty for my C two. And then twelve pulls later, I got Yaimiko. So happy. Oh, and I also got my final yesterday. I think it was yesterday. I finally got my last Whisper in the Wind commission. So now I'm on to Leeway Daily Commissions. I have been finally freed from my Monstat prison cell. I'm so excited. To finally do some more daily commissions. You can put your headphones back on now. All right. I'm back. Okay. <laughs> Love it. Okay. Question of the week. I feel like there's a good one in there somewhere. There are. There are actually a lot of good ones. That's the problem. Mm. Let's do this one. This one is by Muffy in our question of the week channel in Discord. Muffy says, do you pay any attention to leaks? And if so, do you focus only on banner, character kit, story event or any combination of the above 
I would say for me, I focus on leaks a lot leading up to the release of a new region. Um, I try to find out as much as I can. Banner characters, I kind of, if I stumble upon them, it depends on like what the hype is like or who I know is coming out. So like, it's mostly like I'll, I'll stumble upon them or someone will tell me about them or I'll see it in one of the many Genshin discords that I'm in. Um, and then if I find someone that I really like, then I'll go all in on a spoiler. So yeah, it's sometimes targeted, sometimes not, I suppose. Okay. Fair enough. I do look for leaks, not look for leaks. Well, uh, I'm new to looking for leaks. I should say mm-hmm. the first time that I ever went looking for leaks in Genshin was with Nahida only because I loved Sino so much and I was desperate for a good Dendro applicator form that I just <laughs> had to know how Nahida worked and if it was going to be good with Sino. Um, so Nahida was like really the first one that I was like, okay, I need to see her kit. I need to see what it does and all the intricate parts of it. Does it do damage? Does it apply dendro? Yada, yada, yada. So I did that a lot with Nahida. The rest, I don't really look for. If I stumble upon them and it, I'm not quick enough to get off of it before I see it, it is what it is. I'll, I'll just look at that leak over and over, but I won't actively go out and like look for them. I try to avoid story and event stuff as much as possible. Like the Wanderer with the whole data breach that mm-hmm. they had recently, a lot of stuff got released. So I, I saw some stuff like involuntarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them was like wanderer animations and stuff like that. So I was looking at that. I did see one thing that he can do, which is like pretty crazy, but me and you haven't talked about that yet to with each other, but I think we'll talk about it right after this. We probably will. Um, but yeah, I really only try to, if I am going to look at leaks, it's literally only who's on the banner so I can kind of plan out how I'm going to be spending my money and then the character kit. If, if it has to do with a team that I think will benefit my two favorite teams right now. So Mm -hmm. that's really it. It's a good question. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. That is the end of the show. Like I said, no wish of the week this week. Unfortunately, we'll have one next week, I think. But next week, we will be covering the second half, the whole oceans. What is it? How many do we have? One? Do Are we counting Paimon? Um, yes, we're counting Paimon. Are we counting all the Aramites? No. God, no. Are we counting Ramon? No. Are we counting the the kid? <laughs> Absolutely Isak? not. Absolutely oh, not. Oh, come on. No. Okay, fine. So this is one, two, three, four. Ocean Six, maybe. Can, did you include Candace? No, <laughs> didn't do Why? nothing. Good luck. She, Be careful. She, yeah, That's she, the end of it. she warned us. <laughs> I mean, yeah, she did. So there we go. Ocean we clearly six, didn't listen, baby. obviously. <laughs> Before we sign off, I do want to thank our patrons for supporting this podcast. Mm-hmm. We have our Favonius Knight, Soupy. Thank you, Soupy. Varka and Jean appreciate your contributions to the Order of Favonius. And I'd like to also thank our two Adeptus tiers. That'd be Neku and Ran. Thank you guys very much. Zhongli appreciates what you guys did in the Archon War. That's what I'm talking about. We appreciate your sacrifices to the cause. Thank you. <laughs> um. All right. Well, that's the end of the show. Pharaoh, where can our listeners find you? Um, find me in the usual spots. Uh, that is, of course, on this Discord. 
um, discord.me forward slash the resonance. And you can find me also on um, discord.me forward slash the directive. And don't forget to uh, check out Chronicles of Runeterra. It's all about uh, the Arcane Netflix series. Check it out. And yeah, that's pretty much it. That's the end of our show. Yeah, I pretty much plug everything at the start, so I don't need to tell them where to find me. Join our Discord, discord.me forward slash the residents. Other than that, finish up the rest of the Archon Quest so you guys can listen to it in the next week's episode. Have a good week. Uh, good luck on your Yai Miko and child pulls, and we'll talk to you guys in the next episode.